Good morning, Anastasia Church. And a very special Happy Mother's Day to the mothers, the grandmothers, the mother figures out there this morning. We're so glad that you came here to worship with us this morning. Why don't you stand up and we're going to praise the Lord this morning.
captives and you're freeing hearts right now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You touch the lepers and I feel your touch right now. You are the same God. You are the same So why would he fail now? He 
waves sinking sand All of the ground is sinking sand And on Christ the solid rock I stand All of the ground is sinking sand Thank you. 
you are solid rock the name of Jesus amen 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 church is so good to worship with you this morning you may have a seat well good morning and welcome to Anastasia Church we are so glad that you have chosen to worship with us today my name is Julia Murray I'm the young adult minister here And on behalf of our pastors and our ministry staff, thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time, I want to encourage you to stop by our welcome desk out in the atrium. We have a gift just for you. There are also a few ways that you can connect with us. So we have our text-based number, 904-441-6900, and you can text the word CONNECT. That will now pull up our Connect card, our digital bulletin, and our giving link. You only have to remember one word, church, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, You can also take your phone out and scan this link that's on the screen. That will pull up our bulletin and the links to the announcements that I'm about to cover this morning. So if you want to test that out, you won't offend me by having your phone out in church this morning. We are so excited for what's to come this summer. Vacation Bible School is happening June 5th through the 9th. If you have not yet signed up your child, um, I want to encourage you to go ahead and do that today. They do not want to miss what's going to happen at VBS this year. Our theme is Twists and Turns, Following Jesus Changes the Game. And what an incredible foundation to lay 
for our kids and for our community. We will also be having a very special parent-child dedication happening on May 21st for any children, baby through five years old. If you would like to have your child dedicated here at Anastasia Church, you can reach out to our amazing children's team and get set up with that. And also our youth, we don't want to forget about you. Summer camp is happening in July. If you have a middle schooler or a high schooler, they are welcome to join us at summer camp this year. And it's going to be a fun packed week, but more importantly, they are going to be diving into the word and learning more about God and drawing close to him. So if you have not signed up your middle schooler and high schooler yet for camp, do not wait. Do that today because the spots are filling up very quickly. And as we have sung about this morning, we have a firm foundation in Christ. And we are so excited. Each week, I get excited to see how the building is shaping um, back here for our new Family Life Center. And just all the amazing things that God is doing right now in our church and what he will be doing in our church and it is because of our faithful church. Y'all give each and every week above and beyond and help us to do ministry and reach um, further than we'd be able to reach just on our own. It's amazing what a community of believers can do together when we take our um, gifts and gather them and use them for his kingdom. So I wanna encourage you this morning, if you would love to partner with us and help us, there are a few ways that you can do that. You can text that number 904-441-6900 and text the word connect, or you can go to one of our offering boxes in the back of this building or in the atrium and leave your gift there. You can also go to our webpage. And we just thank you so much for your continued generosity. You're pouring out into this generation and the next generation is making such an incredible difference. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to this time of just giving back our offering to you, God, I thank you um, for what you are doing in the life of this church, for your faithfulness, how we continue to see you on the move in St. Augustine. And we just praise you that you would use us to be a part of your amazing work. Lord, I pray that these tithes, these offerings would be um, used and blessed and just magnified to exclaim your name across the world. And Lord, it's not because of anything that we've done that we're able to give, but because of what you have done. And we thank you. Amen. And now will you please turn your attention to the screen? We have a very special baptism. Hey church, good morning. Uh, I'm so excited. This morning I'm joined with Wayne Masters. Wayne is a deacon in our church. He serves faithfully here in many areas. Uh, but what I'm excited about for Wayne this morning is he's going to have the opportunity and privilege to baptize his daughter. So I want to er introduce you to Anna Masters, and she's going to come down at this time. Anna's in fifth grade, getting ready to go into sixth grade. Uh, but most importantly this morning, she is declaring that Jesus is her Lord and Savior. So Anna, I want to ask you this morning, what is your testimony of faith? Um, that Jesus Christ is my Savior. That Jesus Christ is her Savior. That's awesome. So I'm going to step out of the way and let Dad baptize her this morning. Anna, because of your profession of faith, it is our privilege to baptize you, our sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of Christ's death. Raised to the newness of life. Come on, church, let's make some noise. 
Anna this morning. Will you, uh, will you join me in praying for Anna? Lord Jesus, we love you so much, God, and we thank you for Anna. Thank you for her testimony of faith. Thank you that her dad was able to baptize her this morning. What a beautiful example of the role that we're called to play in our children's lives. And I thank you for Wayne and the influence that he's had in his kid's life and his family's life. Pray blessings over them, and I pray that you would use Anna in a mighty way. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's continue in worship this morning, church. Amen. Isn't that powerful? <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. It's good to see all of you here. It's good to be back here uh, at this location. You know, we have been doing this sermon series since Easter. We've been calling it Building the Family. And the lead pastors at the, at the campuses and, and Pastor uh, Sam and myself, we've been going to all the locations and sharing messages on the family. And the other pastors have been coming here, too. And I hope you found it uh, just powerful. Uh, it's been powerful for me. It's been great to see people all across this county that are worshiping uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as part of our family. Hey, uh, I want to say happy Mother's Day to you women. And before I get in the message, I'd like to pray for the women in this congregation. Can I pray for you right now? Let, let's just pray, okay? Lord Jesus, I just thank you uh, today for the women who raised us and the women who mentored us. And Lord, I thank you for their unconditional love. Lord, I thank you for these women that pass on an example to the next generation. And Lord, I pray that you protect women everywhere, Lord, and grant them your wisdom in loving and teaching those around them and their children. Lord, I, I pray for children everywhere, that they'd remember the warm caresses and, and the tears that were dried and uh, the band-aids that were put on and the, the hugs and the kisses and the laughter. Lord, I thank you for the women who played with us and, and taught us and listened to us and nurtured us and tried to understand us. And more, most importantly, Lord, the women that prayed for us. Lord, I pray for those women that, that for whatever reason today, they might be alone. Grant them your comfort and your pleasure. Lord, I pray for children who are alone because of distance or, or because of death or, or maybe even because of differences. And Lord, I pray that many good memories would flood their minds. And Lord, if there are not good memories, Lord, I pray that forgiveness would burst forth from their hearts, Lord, and revive them. And Lord, give them a long-lost joy. And Lord, I thank you for phone calls today. And I love yous today. And Lord, bless the godly women in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you for, for praying with me here. Hey, we're talking about building the family. That's what we have been talking about. And we've been talking about building it solid, and you heard a message on, on discipleship. Uh, we talked about building it with support. Pastor Mason gave this uh, amazingly passionate uh, message on building support for your family, and you might have heard Pastor Dan Ott talk about building solutions and conflict resolution in the family. And, and, you might, and you heard Pastor Sam give an amazing message on strategic rhythms and the rhythms of the family and trying to figure out the calendar of the family. Well, today, what I want to talk to you about the family is that we want to build that family sacred. We want to build it sacred. Because, you know, uh, we can, the, the family, they are a blessing that God gave us, but they're not just a blessing, they're a sacred blessing. It came from God. 
And you know, we can figure out the calendar and our, our homes can be running like well-oiled machines. And, and you know, we can be the masters at conflict resolution. And you know, we can, we can do all of that stuff, but I want you to know that, and we have all the support in place, but if we don't have the Lord in our family, our families are lost. And so we need to build the family. We need to build it sacred because without the solid rock, then, then our families are just built on shifting sand. So, so I just want to build it, build my family and build it sacred. So my family has a sacred purpose and my family has a sacred call. And so as we look at the word of God today, I invite you to, to stand with me in honor of God's word. I'm going to be coming from Genesis chapter 12. And this is the call of Abram. I want to talk about building our families and building them sacred. And this is what the word of God says. The word of God says this. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I'll bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's sons, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and all the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time, there were Canaanites in the land. And then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this, this word, this, this passage, Lord, this truth. And Lord, as we see the example of Abram, Lord, I pray that, that as he took the journey to follow your mission and your call with his whole family together, Lord, that we would as families move together in beautiful harmony, following your purpose and your ways. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So in verse 1. It says that now the Lord said to Abram, go. So the Lord spoke to Abraham. He gave him a message. He said, I want you to go. Now, Abram means exalted father. Abram was not yet a father at this time, okay? But he was called exalted father. He wasn't a father yet, but God already knew the father that Abraham would become because God knows the future, okay? And so when God spoke, God knew the future. When God spoke... He already knew the direction that he needed to take. When God spoke, he already knew the purpose that he had for Abraham and for his life. And so God spoke. And when he gave those directions, when he gave those coordinates and said, Abraham, I want you to take this journey and this is where I want you to go, it was the right direction. Because God already knew what God had planned for Abram and also for Abram's family. And so Abram moved and, and so did his whole family move. You know, when Abram moved, everybody pulled up stakes because that's what families do. Families move together. 
Okay, And I'm not just talking physically. We physically move together when the kids are at home and, and we move from place to place. But, but do you realize we, we move through time together. Families age together and we, we go through life together. And families move emotionally together. When someone is affected in the home emotionally, um, it, it affects everybody in the home. And sometimes we're, we're moved in just beautiful unison. And sometimes when someone's affected emotionally, it's not unison. It, that action causes everyone to to sort of scatter. But you know, we move together. It's like that old saying, you've heard this saying, you know, when mama's happy, everybody's happy. It's Mother's Day. And when mama's not happy, ain't nobody happy. That's, you know, (laughs) I heard that amen. Well, we move together. Families still move together and God still speaks. Are you getting this? Families still move together and God still speaks. And and just like God had a journey for Abram, God has a journey for your family. He has a journey for you, but it's not just you. It's a journey that the family is, is, is touching. And so he has this mission. It's not just a mission. It's a sacred mission. It's a mission from God. It's the most important mission that your family can undertake together. And your family may be a traditional family, or it may be an extended family, or it may be a blended family, or it may be uh, with children, without children. It doesn't matter what your family looks like. It might be the close people around you. Families take many forms. And it's not the form that counts. That's not what's important. Whatever that family is for you, the Lord wants to use you and the people around you strategically and intentionally to bring people closer to him. See, I'm not just following the Lord alone. We're following the Lord together because, you see, the Lord wants my family to be closer to God. And so I want them to join this mission with me. So families move together and God is still speaking. So the first point I want to share with you is this. Listen for God's sacred mission for my family. If God is speaking, listen for that message. In December 1997, I received a telephone call from Ron Moore. And Ron called me. I was up in Canada. I was a church planter in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And in December 1997, he called me and said, will you consider moving to Florida and coming and serving at a church called Anastasia? This was December in Canada, okay? (laughs) I remember the day. Minus 28, minus 30. I looked out the window and the wind was blowing the snow all around the place. That same week I received a call from the Baptist family of churches in, in Canada, the same week. And they said, would I consider not moving and instead taking a role of facilitating and encouraging churches in in the provinces of British Columbia, Alberta, and Saskatchewan, a size roughly three times the size of Texas. And uh, and we had a decision to make. And and so my wife and I, we prayed and made the decision together because families move together. It was a hard decision. Are we going to leave and come down to Florida or are we going to stay and and minister there where the friends we'd in fellowships and Uh, relationships we had. And the decision affected the family. It's not like I was going to move down to Florida and no one else was. We all moved together and, and, and the decision affected everybody. And let me say this, God, God can speak to every person in the family. 
See, the Bible gives us a structure for family, and I think the Bible gives us a structure. And you can look in Ephesians chapter 5, where the structure of man, the husband, and the wife, and the children, and how we're to relate to each other. And he gives us that structure so that we can not move in a hundred different directions, but so that we can move in unison with some sort of sense, so we can move together. But, but let me share with you this. God speaks to every man, or can speak to every member of the family. And the head of household would be very, very, very wise to listen to what God is saying to every person in the family. He doesn't just speak to one person. God is speaking to everyone because God doesn't have your mission for the family. He has his mission for the family. So if God has a mission, we want to listen to God's mission for that family. It's a sacred mission. So the question is, how does the Lord want my family to advance? strategically, intentionally for his purposes. And it could be as simple as as serving together once a month at the door. I saw a family here together at this atrium door giving out packets of seeds, serving together as family. Or it could be uh, taking on a project together. It could be by becoming a safe family. We have some people out here in the atrium today. We have representatives from from uh, safe families. We have uh, representatives from the Family Integrity Program and Called to Care. You know, your family might be a safe family. You might have a mission to, to make sure that kids are safe, or your family might be called to, to help other foster families. We have a ministry called Called to Care. Colette Platts is going to be at that table out there, right, Colette? And, and, and this is, you know, there are foster families that are, that are ministering to others, but, but, you know, that's a really intensive ministry, and they need support, and, and you might be the family that's going to be right behind them, holding them up in that call to care ministry. Whatever it is, build your family on a sacred mission. What are you doing together? What's your, what's your direction as family together? And build that family with a sacred mission. Now I want to continue on here in verse 2. God gave a promise. He said, I'll make of you a great nation, and I'll bless you and make your name great. Now, this is a fascinating progression here. How does God take a person and turn him into a nation? How does God do that? Well, here's what God said. I'm going to take Abraham, and I'm going to use him to influence and build family, and this family is going to build a nation. You see, that's what God does. God uses families to build nations. And as the family goes, so goes the nations. As the family goes, so goes the nations. The Lord builds strong nations on on the power of strong families. And the Lord builds sacred nations on the foundation of sacred families. I was having a conversation one Friday just recently outside the grocery store, waiting for the grocery store to open. And uh, there was a man there. I didn't know his name. We said hello, talked for a minute. And then, then uh, the first thing that came out after good morning for him was, was how bad everything was in this country. How the first thing that was bubbling out in his mind was that everything is bad, that there's nothing that's going well the way that it should be. And uh, the language he was using, I'm not going to share here from the pulpit. <laughs> Uh, yes, our, our nation is facing many problems. But the source of many of the problems that we deal with nationally, crime, poverty, moral values, they will not change until we address them in the home. 
They, they are home issues. They will not change unless those things are changed and addressed in the home. And a nation in turmoil is a reflection of families in crisis. And so do you think there's an urgency in dealing with the things in this country that are going wrong? You think there's urgency? If you think there's urgency, then don't you think there should be an urgency in dealing with the sacred influence of God in the home? The same urgency, because that's how things will change. And we need to respond with priority and urgency to God's call for our family. If we've listened for that call, are we going to respond in a timely fashion? The most important thing you can do is to encourage your children, to encourage your husband, to encourage your wife in their walk with Christ. That's the most important thing we can do as fans. We're building on a sacred foundation. The, the, the most important voice that the people in your family need to hear is the voice of God. And the most important words are the words that come out of the word of God. And, and we need to respond with urgency. So, so where does God rank in our families? Where does God rank in your family and the way you spend family compared to, say, Disney? Or school? or whatever sport it is of the season. Where does God rank? Where's the urgency? Because that urgency needs to be way up high. It needs to be way up high. What can I do today? Think about that. This day, May 14th, Mother's Day, what can I do in my family with the people that I am living life with to insert God's word into the context of my day? What can I do today to have that faith conversation? What can I do today to make a decision that's a step of faith and a response to a call to God? What can I do today? Because if I'm not responding today, what kind of urgency am, am I sensing of God's call for my family? And it may be very awkward conversations if you're not used to doing this. But you don't have to go the whole hundred yards. Just take a step. What can I do today to talk about God in my family. I need to respond with urgency. Here's something else it says here. And I'll make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. That's legacy. God wants your family to leave a legacy, okay? I will bless you. Do you know the Lord wants to bless you? The Lord wants to bless you. Can I hear an amen? amen. The Lord wants to bless you. God did not create any person that he created in his image for the purpose of just consigning them to hell. That's not what God wants to do. He wants to bless you, okay? And he doesn't want to punish you. God wants to bless his children. He loves you. He created you to be in fellowship with him. And he wants to pour out his blessings on you and on your family. And the question is, are you in that place to receive the blessings. Abram had to move from Haran over to Canaan in order to start receiving those blessings. Sometimes we have to move emotionally, spiritually, maybe physically, whatever, in order to receive the blessings that God wants us to receive. You know, so am I in a position to receive God's blessing? Because sometimes we don't receive the blessings or sometimes when we get the blessings, we don't recognize them because we're not in a position to understand that those are blessings. So what am I doing to, to position myself to receive the blessings and also the people in my family? Am I helping those in my family to be poised to take in the blessings of God? 
I'm one of four kids. I'm a brother, okay? I'm a brother. I'm the second child. I'm a bro- I have an older brother, have a younger brother, have a younger sister. My older brother, growing up, he always beat me up because he always could, okay? <laughs> he always could. Uh, always stronger, always faster, always smarter. Older brother. Now me, I was the second child. I knew how to push his buttons. I could annoy him like no one else could annoy him. That's just what younger brothers do, right? Because you can't beat them up, so you, you annoy the, uh, the living daylights out of them. And uh, so I was real good at that. And Kevin, if you're watching, by the way, I'm sorry. All those times, I'm just sorry. But if I'm annoying my older brother, am I positioning him in a way to receive the blessings of God if I'm putting him in a constant state of annoyance? No. Now, I'm an older guy now. I don't do that anymore. Adults don't do that. Well, most of you don't. (laughs) I'll stop there. But I remember this place in the Bible in Genesis chapter four, where the Lord is talking to Cain and said, you know, I hadn't seen your brother Abel around here. What's happened to Abel? What's happened to Abel? Is, Is Abel doing okay? And he said, am I my brother's keeper? And the answer is yes. Yes, we are our our brother's keepers. We are a keeper of the people in our family and their spiritual well-being should be a high priority for us because I want to receive the blessings of God and I receive more blessings when they're blessed. So I I want to position myself and my family to receive the blessings, help them to receive the blessings. And then look at verse, verse uh, two going on. He says, so that you will be a blessing. I'm going to listen to God's call. I'm going to respond quickly and and urgently to that call. And then I'm going to be able to receive some blessings. But it's not just that. He says, so that you will be a blessing. God has a family, has a plan for families to bless other families. You know, when we build the family on a sacred foundation with a sacred holy purpose, with with priority and urgency, the blessings of God that come in and, and fill us up, they should overflow and fill others. And God will use you powerfully. So I want to prepare me and my family to be a blessing. I want to prepare me and my family, not just to receive blessings, to be a blessing. I'd like to introduce to you a young man. His name is Sam Kelly. Sam's going to come and share his testimony. And thank you, Sam, for being willing to do that. Come right up here. Let's give him a hand. There's a lot of people, but they love you. My name is Samuel Kelly. I have a speech problem, so I apologize if I'm a little hard to understand. I will try to speak slowly. I am 15 years old, and I've been at Anastasia for over four years now. I did not have the best life growing up. I was put into foster care. My dad was trying to get me back, so I would visit him on the weekends. One day, I found out that my dad decided to sign over his rights as a parent. That meant I was no longer a son. He no longer would be my dad. That hurt a lot. That weekend, I wanted to clean, clean my room to get rid of all my old things. I wanted to get rid of everything from my dad. My foster mom, who is now my mom, Help me clean my room, my room, so that we could make room for new things I had. 
My mom told me, when you accept Jesus into your life, your old ways are gone and your new life begins. When I look at the pile of old things in my room, I decided I want a new life. I prayed on the floor of my room that day to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. I want a new life with Him. One of the first, one of the first Bible stories I had at my new home, hold at my new home, was the story of Samuel. In First Samuel chapter three, Samuel was falling asleep. He heard a voice calling to him. He thought it was Eli, so he called back, Here am I. He heard the voice three times. Each time he thought it was Eli, but it wasn't. It was God's voice he was hearing. I love that story. Samuel, hold, hold God's voice and listen to what he said. I want to be like Samuel. Someone who hears and listens to God's voice. Before I went into foster care, my name was Zach. When I decided to follow Jesus and when I got adopted, I asked to change my name to Samuel. I want to be someone who hears and listens to God's voice. I'm still, I'm still learning to listen and I pray that God will teach me to listen. I have forgiven my dad and what he did. I would never met Jesus if he never given up on me. I am thankful for that. Thank you for listening. That's scary. Thank you. Thank you. You'd be great. Hard time following that. <clears throat> Were you blessed Amen. by Sam's testimony? Amen. You know why he blessed your heart? It's because there was a family, Todd and Kathy Kelly, that had prepared their family to be a blessing to receive in kids. Amen. You know why? I'm just looking at Mary here. You know why Todd and Kathy, Cam- Kathy Kelly's family? There's a, there's a legacy there, and I hope it's okay to share this, but, but Todd is adopted, and, and Mary and, and Harry opened up their home to Todd, and there's a generation after generation reaching out. You know, and that takes time. Yeah, that takes time. That takes preparation. That takes work. But they not only are receiving the blessings of God, I receive a blessing every time you shared that. Well, I appreciate that, Sam. But also, they, they receive a blessing because they prepared also to give that blessing out of the overflow. And I believe with all my heart that God has placed Christian families on this earth to be salt and light and bless other families on this earth and share the gospel. I just want to encourage you to be a conduit of God's blessing. I want to encourage you one more time. Go out in the atrium and check out those ministries called to care, family integrity, and... Uh, and then also safe families. Go out there and see what's there. And maybe that's a way that your family's going to be able to bless other families. But there may be other ways. But together, serving the Lord.
And then he said in verse seven, I'm gonna move on to the passage here because time is fleeting. He says, so he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Abram got to Canaan. He built the altar. Now he built two altars actually, one in Shechem, one as he's coming into the land and then one just before he's leaving the land. But Abram worshiped the Lord. And this is the point. It's family. If you're going to build it on a sacred foundation, we need to seek and worship and trust the Lord together. And so worship together, you know, because before there were churches, there were synagogues. And before there were synagogues, there was the temple. And before the temple, there was a tabernacle. But before the tabernacle, people worshiped in their homes. And that was the start of it. And I tell you what, when the tabernacle and the temple and the synagogues and the churches were started, they weren't to replace, they were not to replace the worship in the home. That's to enrich the worship in the home. We don't want to, we don't want to abdicate worship in the home just to one time a week. We want to seek and worship and trust the Lord together as families. You know, our family, my wife and I, just going to confess, haven't been great at doing devotions together because our, our, our daily uh, cycle's a little different. I'm a morning person, okay? I am a morning person. She has to remind me from time to time that there are two kinds of people. Uh, there are morning people, and there are people who hate morning people. <laughs> and in the evening time, I'm not always in the best mood because I'm not a night person. So anyway... But here, and then, you know, you get family and schedule. So I know it's hard getting those things together. But let me tell you, Friday nights, that was worship night with our family. Friday nights, we would get around and we would sing some hymns and then we'd read some scripture and we would pray. Then we'd eat pizza. And, And it was just a beautiful time with our family. And you know, whatever it is, however you can work it out, there needs to be a time to seek and worship and trust the Lord together in the home, however that works out. It doesn't have to be perfect. Ours wasn't perfect, but it was special. And make it a very special time. And then finally, in verse 9, it says, Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. Abram journeyed on. He didn't stop, okay? He kept trusting Jesus, but he didn't stop because, see, that was not the time for them to receive the promised land. There were Canaanites in the land still. That wasn't the time for him to take the land and and get the land of milk and honey. So he kept moving on. He moved to the Negev. You know what the Negev is? That's the desert area to the south. He moved into the desert. It wasn't going to be until centuries later that the the children of Israel were going to receive the promised land. It wasn't until generations and generations and generations after that that we were going to receive the blessing of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, through the family of Abraham, okay? But God was faithful. He knew the future. He knew the the sacred journey in order to receive the blessings. And it says that Abram journeyed on. He just kept taking the steps of trusting Jesus. And the last point I want to make is this. Would you take the journey? Would you take the journey in, in letting your family be built on a sacred foundation. If you haven't already, and if you already have, take the next step and the next step, would you take the journey? I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now. I'm going to ask you to, as we're just in this, this moment here, before we come to invitation, we come to response. I want you to think about your family, what God is saying to your family, how you move together in his power, in his leading. What is the next step that God may be calling your family to take? And would you take the step? Because the steps of faith you take, and we have to take those individual steps of faith. We do that. They affect everyone around us. 
What is the message for your family? What is the conversation you're going to have today? What is the purpose that God is going to use you? You know, husbands and wives, you might want to take this time as a time. Hey, let's just, let's just hold our hand and let's pray for our family because we know it's not where we want it to be. My family's not where I want it to be. But I know we take steps of faith. Would you take that step of faith? Would you, the altar's open if you want to pray. You might want to pray, uh, husband, wife, mother, father. You say, I don't know how to take the next step of faith. This is a big responsibility. Yeah, God, God may not give you the whole map, but he'll give you the next step. Would you trust him and pray and give it to him and let him lead you on that next step? Because God not only wants to use your family, he wants to bless you and he wants to bless your home. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. Lord, I pray if there's someone here that needs to take a, a step of faith today up here at the altar, Lord, whether it's baptism or our church membership or they need prayer, Lord, that you give them the courage to come forward, Lord, to come forward to the altar, to meet with a counselor, whatever step they need to take. But Lord, I pray for the families, the families in this nation, Lord, that our families would not just be effective families, that they would be holy families, lighthouse families, safe families, blessed families. Lord, help us in your wisdom to take whatever steps need to make. It's such a complicated world, such a fast-changing world. But Lord Jesus, give us your wisdom and give us your direction and help us to follow you in your, your precious name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. If God is calling you, you come.